Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast. We are pressing on in our reading this morning. And hopefully you guys have your Bibles open. If you do, we are going to be reading this morning in 1 Kings 13 and 14 and 1 Corinthians 1. So find your places if you can. And I'm going to um, forego this day in trivia. Um, Not a lot of interesting things that I saw right there. Plus I have a time issue. So we're just going to look over at couple of dad jokes. Always trying to find some of the better ones. There's so many and some we've done before. Um, <laughs> here's a here's a good one that I like. I um, invited a teddy bear to dinner yesterday. I offered him some food, but he said, "No thanks. I'm stuffed." <laughs> hmm. Um, this one kind of goofy. <laughs> I don't know if I get this one. Um, what did the janitor say when he when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies. <laughs> yeah, it works. What does a sprinter eat before a race? Nothing. They fast. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Enough of this silliness. Let's go over into the reading for this morning. God, pray that you would guide us and direct us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters that are present with us. Thank you for utilizing this podcast for your glory and your kingdom. God, may you continue to make us students of your word and continue to feed us, God, the manna that we need in our spirits and our lives every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 13, 1 Kings. Now behold, there came a man of God from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord while Jeroboam was standing at the altar to burn incense. He cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you. And human bones shall be burned on you. Then he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes which are on it shall be poured out. Now when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar, and Bethel, Jeroboam, stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize him! But his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes were poured out of the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The king said to the man of God, Please entreat the Lord your God and pray for me, that my hand may be restored. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and it became as it was before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, 
If you were to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded to me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water, nor return by the way which you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way which he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet was living in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the deeds which the man of God had done that day in Bethel, the words which he had spoken to the king. These also they related to their father. Their father said to them, Which way did he go? Now his sons had seen the way which the man of God, who came from Judah, had gone. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode away on it. So he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. He said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord. You shall eat no bread nor drink water there. Do not return by going the way which you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So I went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now it came about as they were sitting down at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the command of God and have not observed the commandment which the Lord God commanded you. But I have returned and eaten bread and drunk water in the place in which he said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your body shall not come to the grave of your fathers. It came about after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him and the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he had gone, a lion met him on the way and killed him, and his body was thrown on the road. And the donkey was standing beside it, and the lion also was standing beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown on the road, and the lion standing beside the body. So they came and told it in the city where the old prophet lived. Now when the prophet who brought him back from the way heard it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the command of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke. Then he spoke to his son, saying, Saddle the donkey for me. And he saddled it. And he went and found his body thrown on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. And the lion had not eaten the body nor torn the donkey. So the prophet took the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back. And he came to the city of the old prophet to mourn and bury him. And he laid his body on his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. After he had buried him, he spoke to his son, saying, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the thing shall surely come to pass, which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar of Bethel, and against the house of the high places, which are in the city of Samaria. After this event, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way, but again he made priests of the high places among the people, 
any who would he ordained to be priests of the high places. This event became sin to the house of Jeroboam, even to blot it out and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. Now, when you first look at this story, you go, what is going on? God calls what seems to be a faithful prophet to go prophesy against Jeroboam. That was good. Jeroboam needed to be warned that what he was doing was, was heretical, was horrible, and was against God's command. And so he does, and he proclaims it. And he says, you know, your altar's going to break. God is going to judge you. And he's going to make this a heap of ruins. And basically, your priests are going are to die and be their bones even, even um, what was just dishonored. And so this is what happens. The altar breaks. And, and so God is making a very, very strong statement here to the king of Israel, the north. You're in sin. And you're coming against me. And I defy you, the God, the living God of the creator of the universe. So what he does is actually an act of mercy to this king to show him that he was falling into sin. Now, what were they doing? They were, uh, they were celebrating, they were worshiping the fallen angels, the, the, the gods of immorality, the false gods. They were celebrating them and saying, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. So they were worshiping both gods. They were having divided hearts. And what this prophet does, he comes up, and God is very specific. You are to be pure and holy, not eat anything in the land, eat any, or, or drink anything. Do not go back by the same way you came. He was given the command of God, plain and simple. Now, when the other prophet that lived there heard about it, it's hard to decide whether this prophet was being deceptive or being used of God. It's hard to say. My initial thing is that he's being deceptive. I, because it doesn't say the Lord told him to go and tell this guy to come back. What he does do, he says, an angel told me to come get you and bring you back and eat bread and drink water. Not Yahweh. And of course, we know that the gods they were serving in the north were fallen angels. So it could have been an angel, but a fallen angel. And here's the issue. Why did that prophet suffer and die by a lion? <laughs> we might even say the lion of Judah if you want to take some of the imagery f further, um, because the whole issue was once you've been given the command of the Lord, you cannot depart from it. The command of the Lord is the command of the Lord. There's no, no negotiating with it, no re-evaluation of it. The Jeroboam and all the tribes of the north had been given the command of God. There was only one place to worship Yahweh, one place, the temple. And he was the only God. And they were deviating from it. And Jeroboam was saying, well, we have other gods. We have other places. And they were modifying the command of God. This prophet was modifying or questioning or somehow incorporating a secondary command. And we know that God will never contradict himself. God does not, never has, never will contradict himself. He doesn't tell you to go into a land and not eat bread and drink water and then tell you later, oh, you know what? Go ahead and eat bread and drink water. And, and, and so he was held accountable for not holding to the command of God as I would only imagine an example to all Israel and to us. It was used as a model, as an illustration that God means what he says and says what he means. And when he gives a command, he doesn't change it. Now, he used this other prophet, whether he planned to all along or did uh, later, 
to pronounce a judgment upon him. I told you, this is my command. You deviated from my command, and now what the result of that is death. That in itself was a prophecy to the north. His life and his death and the lion was the prophecy to the north. You were given my word. You were given my command. You were to worship no other gods but me. Remember the first command. And they were. So what was going to be the result was death. Lion, of course, symbol of the most, the king of the jungle, whatever, the, the, the power that nothing can stand up against the, the lion. The lion doesn't devour him, only kills him it, to show that it was judgment from God. Obviously, it was not an accident. This wasn't a hungry lion. This was a judgment of God. How interesting how that all worked out. Strange, strange story, but that's what happened. All right, moving on to second, um, First Corinthians. I'm sorry, chapter one, new book. Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Jesus Christ, saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him, in all speech, in all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no division among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you, now, I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Are we baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say, you are baptized in my name. Now, I did baptize also the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, those, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set apart. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the, the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of the world, the world through its wisdom, did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed... Jews ask for a sign, and Greeks search for wisdom. 
but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Beautiful beginning to the book of Corinthians. Paul writing to these Corinthians who were very worldly, obviously had a lot of problems, a lot of gossiping going on, a lot of division in the church, and this viewpoint that they were certain levels of spirituality, that I'm more spiritual than you if I believe in Paul, I'm more spiritual if, than you if I'm of Jesus or you're of Apollos. We don't have that issue today. We have the issues, I'm more spiritual than you if I speak in tongues, I'm more spiritual than you if I... Um, get up at four in the morning and, and, and pray for two hours and let everybody know that. <laughs> or I sing on the worship team. Or you, you get the idea. I'm more spiritual than you because I do this in the church and you don't. I have this gift and you don't. So there, there is these divisions that rise up all the time in the church. Even amongst den- denominations, of course. I'm of this denomination or that denomination. So Paul was saying, look, um, don't do that. Paul says, don't look to man, obviously, to be a part of any man-centered religion of Paul or Cephas, um, Apollos. He says, it's not about being uh, a following after any man. That's really important for us with all of our Christian recording artists and all these famous pastors. Ravi Zachariah being a great example. Um, follow after Jesus follow after Jesus. That's all he's saying. Be simple. And he says, well, and the bottom line is what we do is we just preach Jesus crucified. Um, there's a lot of people with different ideas of who Jesus is. He says, you guys in Corinth love one another. And he says, as far as what the ministry is about and what the church is about, preaching Jesus crucified. That's it. So this is where we are to make our stand as well. So with that being said, we'll spend some time praying one for another and uh, give God the rest of this day and thank you for it. So Father, thank you for blessing us coming together on this podcast and may you receive the glory for it. And we know, Father, that there are many that come and check out the podcast and, and they may not have a strong walk with you yet. They may be searching and they may be in the midst of something really, really heavy going on in their life and they're not even um, at that point where they can share it with anybody so God we want to pray for them in this moment that you would touch their hearts and that you would speak directly to them that you would minister to them because you are the God of all comfort 
the God of all salvation and the God of safety. And so we, we look to you in this moment for these things and that you'd reach out and, and min- be ministering specifically to someone who's listening right now who, who needs to hear from you, needs to know you're there, and needs to know that you can touch and, and heal the situation and heal their body, things that are going on right now. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing in church. We thank you for touching Juan Carlos. And we do pray this whole thing gets dealt with really quickly as this healing is continuing. And we're praying for our other brothers and sisters that need that need a lot of a lot of healing. And those that are just trying to get through life with their families and get to the point where they can share what God is doing in their life. God, I pray for those in Laguna de Valle Progreso. Um in uh, Saletrio, those people that are that are made a stand for you, and their families are beautiful people, but they don't always understand the faith that they've that they've come to a clear understanding. This clear understanding of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's no there's neither Catholic Church or Protestant Church. There is followers of Jesus Christ and those who aren't. So help them continue to share that, to believe it, to walk in it, and just grow us up in the faith, God. Continue to give us grace in these days. We pray, God, you hold the hand of China as it's right on the doorstep of Taiwan. We know these things are very, very serious, as well as Russia and Israel, God, staring down the barrel of 100,000 missiles, God. They need they need your grace. They are, they are making a stand, and we, we understand it, God, but we just ask for your for your grace upon them and your guidance. So thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, we will continue on tomorrow, and we will see you then. And if you do know anyone who wants to join the live feed, it's at 9 o'clock Texas time, Mountain, I know it is Central time, 9 o'clock Central time, U.S. time, 9 o'clock here in Vallarta. And we are live on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, um, Twitch, and now also Telegram. And on the radio, CalvaryPV.com, just go to the radio and, and we're on there too. So let them know and appreciate it. And we will see you guys again next time on Manna for Breakfast. Bye-bye.